Welcome to the Appalachian Folklore Podcast, a wild hike through the history and migration of the folk culture, stories, traditions, and haints hidden in the hills and hollers of Appalachia. I'm your host, Aaron Bobick. Hey folks, welcome to a special bonus storytelling episode. I woke up this morning and kind of felt like I needed to do something creative because the boring monotony of job searching is starting to get to me and I just kind of needed a creative outlet. So I'm telling two tales today from Carl Sandburg's Rutabaga Pigeons, which is a wonderful collection of nonsensical stories that I first heard about from Dan Scholes over at the Folktale Project. They are incredibly hard to tell when you're going into a cold reading for the first time, but absolutely wonderful to listen to. And Dan Scholes does a wonderful job telling Carl Sandburg's Rutabaga Pigeons and Rutabaga Stories, the two collections of of Carl Sandburg. Like I said, they're completely nonsensical. The names are funny. The situations don't make any sense. They're just enjoyable to tell, enjoyable to listen to, and I hope you guys enjoy them. So here we go. This is two stories about four boys who had different dreams. How Googler and Gaggler, the two Christmas babies, came home with monkey wrenches. Two babies came one night in snowstorm weather, came to a tar paper shack on a cinder patch next to the railroad yards on the edge of the village of liver and onions. The family doctor came that night, came with a bird of a spitz car throwing a big spotlight of a headlight through the snow of the snowstorm on the prairie. Twins, the doctor said. Twins, said the father and mother. And the wind as it shook the tar paper shack and shook the doors and the padlocks on the doors of the tar paper shack, the wind seemed to be howling softly. Twins, twins. Six days and Christmas Eve came. The mother of the twins lit two candles, two little two-for-a-nickel candles in each little window. And the mother handed the father the twins and said, Here are your Christmas presents. The father took the two baby boys and left. Twice times twice is twice. The two little two-for-a-nickel candles sputtered in each little window that Christmas Eve, and at last sputtered and went out, leaving the prairies dark and lonesome. The father and the mother of the twins sat by the window, each one holding a baby. Every once in a while they changed babies so as to hold a different twin, and every time they changed they laughed at each other. Twice times twice is twice. One baby was called Googler, the other Gaggler. The two boys grew up and hair came on their bald red heads. Their ears, wet behind, got dry. They learned how to pull on their stockings and shoes and tie their shoestrings. They learned at last how to take a handkerchief and hold it open and blow their noses. Their father looked at them growing up and said, I think you'll make a couple of peanut wagon men pouring butter into popcorn sacks. The family doctor saw the rashes and the itches and the measles and the whooping cough come along one year and another. He saw the husky googler and the husky gaggler throw off the rashes and the itches and the measles and the whooping cough. And the family doctor said, They will go far and see much, and they will never be any good for sitting with the sitters and knitting with the knitters. Googler and gaggler grew up and turned handsprings, going to school in short pants, whistling with school books under their arms. They went barefooted and got stickers in their hair and teased cats and killed snakes and climbed up apple trees and threw clubs up walnut trees and chewed slippery elam. They stubbed their toes and cut their feet on broken bottles and went swimming in brickyard ponds and came home with their backs sunburnt so the skin peeled off. And before they went to bed every night, they stood on their heads and turned flip-flops. One morning early in the spring, the young frogs were shooting silver spears of little new songs up into the sky. 
Strips of fresh young grass were beginning to flick the hills and spot the prairie with flicks and spots of new green. On that morning, Googler and Gaggler went to school with fun and danger and dreams in their eyes. They came home that day and told their mother, There is a war between the pen wipers and the pencil sharpeners. Millions of pen wipers and millions of pencil sharpeners are marching against each other, marching and singing, Hayfoot, Strawfoot, Belly Full of Bean Soup. The pen wipers and the pencil sharpeners, millions and millions, are marching with drums, drumming, to rum, to rum, to rum, turn, turn. The pen wipers say, no matter how many million ink spots it costs, and no matter how many million pencil sharpeners we kill, we are going to kill and kill till the last of the pencil sharpeners is killed. The pencil sharpeners say, no matter how many million shavings it costs, no matter how many million pen wipers we kill, we are going to kill and kill till the last of the pen wipers is killed. The mother of Googler and Gaggler listened, her hands folded, her thumbs under her chin, her eyes watching the fun and the danger and the dreams in the eyes of the two boys. She said, Me, oh my, but those pen wipers and pencil sharpeners hate each other, and she turned her eyes toward the flicks of spots of new green grass coming on the hills and the prairie, and she let her ears listen to the young frogs shooting silver spears of little songs up into the sky that day, and she told her two boys, Pick up your feet now and run. Go to the grass, go to the new green grass. Go to the young frogs and ask them why they are shooting songs up into the sky this early spring day. Pick up your feet now and run. At last, Googler and Gaggler were big boys, big enough to pick the stickers out of each other's hair, big enough to pick up their feet and run away from anybody who chased them. One night, they turned flip-flops and handsprings and climbed up top on a peanut wagon where a man was pouring hot butter into popcorn sacks. They went to sleep on top of the wagon. Googler dreamed of teasing cats, killing snakes, climbing apple trees, and stealing apples. Gaggler dreamed of swimming in brickyard ponds and coming home with his back sunburnt so that the skin peeled off. They woke up with heavy gunny sacks in their arms. They climbed off the wagon and started home to their father and mother, lugging the heavy gunny sacks on their backs. And they told their father and mother, We ran away to the Thimble County where the people wear thimble hats, where the women wash dishes in thimble dishpans, where the men go to work with thimble shovels. We saw a war, the left-handed people against the right-handed, and the smokestacks did all the fighting. They all had monkey wrenches, and they tried to wrench each other to pieces. And they had monkey wrenches sometimes. When their father looked at them, he says what he said the Christmas Eve when the two-for-a-nickel candles stood two by two in the windows. Twice times twice is twice. How Johnny the Wham sleeps in money all the time, and Joe the Wimp shines and sees things. Once, the potato-faced blind man began talking about arithmetic and geography, where numbers come from and why we add and subtract before we multiply. When the first fractions and decimal points were invented, who gave the rivers their names, and why some rivers have short names slipping off the tongue easily as whistling, and why other rivers have long names wearing the stub ends off lead pencils. The girl, ax me no questions, asked the old man if boys always stay in hometowns where they are born and grow up or whether boys pack their pack sacks and go away somewhere else after they grow up. This question started the old man telling about Johnny the Wham and Joe the Wimp and things he remembered about them. Johnny the Wham and Joe the Wimp are two boys who used to live here in the village of Liver and Onions before they went away. They grew up here, carving their initials, J.W., on wishbones and peanuts and wheelbarrows. And if anybody found a wishbone or a peanut or a wheelbarrow with the initials J.W. carved on it, he didn't know whether it was Johnny the Wham or Joe the Wimp. They met on summer days, putting their hands in their pockets and traded each other grasshoppers learning to say yes and no. One kick and a spit meant yes. Two kicks and a spit meant no. One, two, three, four, five, six of a kick and a spit meant the grasshopper was counting and learning numbers. 
They promised what they were going to do after they went away from the village. Johnny the Wham said, I am going to sleep in money up to my knees with thousand dollar bills all over me for a blanket. Joe the Wimp said, I'm going to see things and shine, and I am going to shine and see things. They went away. They did what they said. They went up into the grasshopper county near the village of Eggs Over, where the grasshoppers were eating the corn in the fields without counting how much. They stayed in those fields till the grasshoppers learned to say yes and no and learned to count. One kick and a spit meant yes. Two kicks and a spit meant no. One, two, three, four, five, six meant the grasshoppers were counting and learning numbers. The grasshoppers, after that, were counting how many and how much. Today, Johnny the Wham sleeps in a room full of money in the big bank in the village of Eggs Over. The room where he sleeps is the room where they keep the thousand dollar bills. He walks in thousand dollar bills up to his knees at night before he goes to bed on the floor. A bundle of thousand dollar bills is his pillow. He covers himself like a man in a hay sack or a straw stack with thousand dollar bills. The paper money is piled all around him in armfuls and sticks up and stands out around him the same as hay or straw. And Lizzie Lazarus, who talked with him in the village of Eggs Over last week, says Johnny the Wham told her there is music in thousand dollar bills. Before I go to sleep at night and when I wake up in the morning, I listen to their music. They whisper and cry. They sing little Oh Me Oh My songs as they wriggle and rustle next to each other. A few with dirty faces, with torn ears, with patches and fingers and thumbprints on their faces. They cry and whisper so it hurts to hear them. And often they shake all over, laughing. I heard one dirty thousand dollar bill say to another spotted with patches and thumbprints, They kiss us welcome when we come. They kiss us sweet goodbye when we go. They cry and whisper and laugh about things special and things extra special. Pigeons, ponies, pigs, special pigeons, ponies, pigs, extra special pigeons, ponies, pigs, cats, pups, monkeys, big bags of cats, pups, monkeys, extra, extra big bags, special cats, pups, and monkeys, jewelry, ice cream, bananas, pie, hats, shoes, shirts, dustpans, rat traps, coffee cups, handkerchiefs, safety pins, diamonds, bottles, and big front doors with bells on. They cry and whisper and laugh about these things. And it never hurts unless the dirty thousand dollar bills with torn ears and patches on their faces say to each other, they kiss us welcome when we come, they kiss us sweet goodbye when we go. The old potato face sat saying nothing. He fooled a little with the accordion keys as if trying to make up a tune for the words, they kiss us welcome when we come, they kiss us sweet goodbye when we go. Ask me no questions looked at him with a soft look and said softly, now maybe you'll tell me about Joe the Wimp. And he told her, Joe the Wimp shines the doors in front of the bank. The doors are brass, and Joe the Wimp stands with rags and ashes and chamois skin keeping the brass shining. The brass shines slick and shows everyone on the street like a looking glass. He told Lizzie Lazarus last week, If pigeons, ponies, pigs come past, or cats, pups, monkeys, or jewelry, ice cream, bananas, pie, hats, shoes, shirts, dustpans, rat traps, coffee cups, handkerchiefs, safety pins, or diamonds, bottles, and big front doors with bells on, Joe the Wimp sees them in the brass. I rub on the brass doors, and things begin to jump into my hands out of the shine of the brass. Faces, chimneys, elephants, yellow hummingbirds, and blue cornflowers. Well, I have seen grasshoppers sleeping two by two and two by two. They all come to the shine of the brass on the doors when I ask them to. If you shine brass hard, and wish as hard as the brass wishes, and keep on shining and wishing, then always things come jumping into your hands out of the shine of the brass. So you see, said the potato-faced blind man to ask me no questions, sometimes the promises boys make when they go away come true afterward. They got what they asked for. Now will they keep it or leave it, said ask me. Only the grasshoppers can answer that, was the reply of the old man. Grasshoppers are older. They know more about jumps. And especially grasshoppers that say yes and no and count one, two, three, 
four, five, six. And he sat saying nothing, fooling with the accordion keys, as if trying to make up a tune for the words, They kiss us, welcome when we come. They kiss us, sweet goodbye when we go. And there you have it. That was two stories about four boys who had different dreams. How Googler and Gaggler, the two Christmas babies, came home with monkey wrenches. And how Johnny the Wham sleeps in money all the time and Joe the Wimp shines and sees things. From Carl Sandburg's Rutabaga Pigeons. I appreciate y'all indulging my boredom this week, and if you feel like reaching out to me, you can find me on social media, App Folklore Pod. You can email me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com and support me on ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash appfolklorepod, where I would be eternally grateful for your support. I really do appreciate the folks who have chipped in their hard-earned cash over there. That's been uh, making me happy during this uh, monotony of job searching, as I said. There will be a new main episode of Stories from the Cabin on the 15th. And until then, y'all be good. Thanks for spending your time with me here at the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. If you'd be so kind as to rate and review this show on whatever platform you use, I'd be much obliged as it helps spread the word. You can email me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com and visit my website shows.acast.com afp. You can find me at App Folklore Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find me on Mastodon at App Folklore Pod at thefolklore.cafe. Thanks to Jonathan Ochoa for the AFP cover art. You can find his work on Instagram at Inkwell Graphic Design. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>